the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by New Covenant Church, Humble. behaviors and addictions have long been a pandemic in our society. People are in bondage to alcohol, drugs, pornography, codependent relationships, and more. If you or a loved one is stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and continued destructive behavior, keep listening. God wants everyone to walk out of the darkness and into His marvelous light. Recovery Radio Houston with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, and what a beautiful afternoon it is. This is Pastor John Allworth coming to you live from the KKHT studios here in Houston, and I am honored and privileged to be with you today, as I am every Wednesday at 530. Uh, you know, we're I talked last week about how we're going to broaden the show. This show started three years ago, this program, uh, with a focus on addiction and recovery from addiction, because I'm in recovery myself, praise God, because God does want everyone to walk out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. And I grabbed onto his hand and, and did exactly that. And my life has changed in ways I can't even begin to explain. But we want to broaden it because people are recovering from all kinds of things. And the gospel of hope of Jesus Christ, the gospel of love, the gospel of peace, The Bible is a book about recovery, and people are recovering from anxiety and depression and job loss and sickness and addiction and from all kinds of things, from that cycle of shame and guilt because of mistakes they've made in the past. What they need to realize is we serve a God of not only grace and forgiveness and love, but a a God of restoration. And one of the most difficult things that people recover from is the death of a loved one. And we are experiencing that in my family this week. Uh, My father-in-law, Clyde Wood, passed away on Monday. And so we're going to talk today, uh, if you'll indulge me, we're going to have a tribute to to him. He was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful God-fearing man. And we're going to talk about him. But we're also going to talk about words of comfort for those, because I know there are a lot of people that can hear my voice. We've almost all, if we live any length of time at all, we we lose people we lose our loved ones. And what we have to remember is that the Apostle Paul said to die is to gain. Because, you see, this is not our permanent home. Our eternal home is with him in paradise. And that's difficult. That's difficult for us to, to grasp in our flesh and to grieve is natural. But So let's talk about some positive things. So first of all, I hope that this message comforts someone who is having difficulty because of the loss of a loved one. Second, I want to talk about it because Clyde Wood inspired me throughout my recovery, and I'll get into some details and explain that. He inspired me in my walk with the Lord, and ultimately he inspired me in my decision to become a minister of the gospel. 
So he's your host of this program. His life is incredibly paramount in in the way that I'm living my life, thanks to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And third, Clyde achieved recovery. Recovery at the age of 70 after a a lifetime of, of alcohol use and abuse, frankly. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more, but that proves, <laughs> when you hear the story, that proves that, as I like to say to people, the one of the wonderful things about working in the recovery community is it demonstrates to me on almost a daily basis that God is still in the miracle business, and his story is a story of miracles. So let's pray. Father God, I just uh, hope that this message today reaches out to the hearts and minds of people that are indeed recovering from the loss of a loved one, and that they'll be lifted up as the gospel of hope and love and peace of Jesus Christ lift us up by this message, and that the words that are spoken be those of the Holy Spirit, not of mine, and that they comfort hearts and minds out there for the listening audience. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, Jesus says in his incomparable Sermon on the Mount, he said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I don't know how people who don't have faith navigate the loss of a loved one because it is very difficult in second corinthians chapter one verses three through four paul writes praise be to the god and the father of our lord jesus christ the father of compassion and the god of all comfort who comforts us all in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we were ourselves receive from god We must lean on God during these difficult times. We must lean on our faith. We must lean on the knowledge that Clyde is in glory, glory beyond Paul spoke of it, uh, being lifted up to the third heaven, how it's he couldn't even use words to describe it. It's It's indescribable glory. And Clyde, because he believed and accepted that relationship with Jesus Christ, heard on Monday, he heard, well done, my good and faithful servant. And we must rejoice in that. In our human flesh, we mourn those who God has called home. And frankly, it's this sharing of grief and sharing of memories and sharing of love together that renders us fully human and indeed children of the Most High God. But we must remember probably the most famous scripture of all, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Praise be to God. It is this ultimate assurance, reassurance, provided by our Lord and Savior that provides us hope, his blessed assurance that this life is just a step in the journey to our true home, our eternal home. In John's gospel, in chapter 11, we find the story of Lazarus. And in verse 25, Jesus says to Martha, Lazarus' sister, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. My great-grandmother had a favorite favorite hymn, Shall We Gather at the River. And we must remember that there will be a great reunion on that day when the Lord calls us home. And we shall gather at the river of life that God has promised us. And so Clyde believed with all his heart in his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So today, as tough as it is in our human flesh, we need to celebrate his life and his journey to his eternal home in the arms of his loving Savior. Clyde was born in 1937, the same year as my mama. I hope they're meeting for the first time up in heaven. 
because I didn't meet my beautiful wife, Rebecca, until after my mama had passed away. In fact, I don't want to divert too much, but uh, I met her uh, through when she died, uh, through the circumstances there. We'll get into that another time. That same year uh, was the same year that Warren Beatty and Jack Nicholson were born. America was in the midst of the Great Depression. FDR had just been inaugurated for his second term. Life expectancy was 58 years for an American male. Clyde was 86. He just celebrated his 86th birthday. So he whipped that one just like he whipped addiction. What a lifespan. Can you imagine from the depths of the Depression to the information age? The greatest technological and societal changes in any time period in the history of man. He saw it all. Clyde grew up just north of Houston in modest means. At 16, he volunteered to serve his country. And he turned 17 and 18 in war-torn Korea. What a way to start out as a young man. But he loved his country. Only thing he loved more was his family and his Lord and Savior. Clyde returned home and became a master paper hanger, working as a union craftsman. And he hung a great number of commercial buildings and residential projects in the growing Houston of the 60s and 70s. Clyde had five children. And he loved all of them with all his heart. Of course, I'll speak mostly of his relationship with my loving wife, Rebecca, because that's the one I know about best. But I know he loved them all equally. In John 10.10, Jesus said, The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come so they may have life and have it abundantly. Clyde took Jesus up on that. He had an abundant, abundant life. But I want to speak today not so much about the Remarkable events that spanned his lifetime, but about the values Clyde represented and how how those values impacted and inspires others, including myself. Clyde was a a loving and a humble man. The Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians 2, verses 3 through 4, Instead of being motivated by selfish ambition or vanity, each of you should, in humility, be moved to treat one another as more important than yourself. Each of you should be concerned not only about your own interests, but about the interests of others as well. I saw Clyde over and over again. He was not one to boast or brag or or put himself above others. He was always humble. He was always so gracious. He was a man of great humor. (laughs) I I just loved and, and respect him so very, very much. You know, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 23, he said, but he who is greatest among you shall be your servant, and he who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. I know living that life of humility, he's being exalted right now in ways that we can't even imagine. You know, I knew Clyde to be not a man, as I said, to boast or brag, but instead to be open to new ideas and to lift up others. And he lifted me up for decades. I'm going to miss him, and I love him, but I know he's in a, in a better place. I knew Clyde, his greatest quality— was he was a man of love. In 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about the overriding importance of love in our lives. Paul says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and, and although I have all faith, wow, so that I could move, remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be sacrificed, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. 
Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. I was around Clyde enough, certainly with with my wife, but I, I observed him with other people and how he interacted with his other children. His love never failed. He always forgave. He always accepted. He always encouraged. He always loved. It was really remarkable. The love bond that I saw, you know, we had a, I'm going, we had a remarkable experience. And, and my wife and her, her loving sister, Tina, had months where Clyde was dealing with his physical difficulties. And they returned the love that he had given to them, providing 24-7 care. And they got to spend all this incredible time. And even though he was in pain and he was suffering, he kept his good humor throughout it all. And they had so many memories that they'll never forget, spending night after night with him in his apartment, taking care of him. It was just such a a, a shining example of of love. And, you know, my wife, I know that she's spoken to me about him and, and how growing up, you know, how we're all have fears and things of the world. He always protected her. He always loved her. He was her rock, just as Jesus is a rock. We're called to imitate Christ. He did a really good job with his love. He really did. Paul says in chapter 13, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, and now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. You see, because hope and faith, they stem from love. If we don't have love for God and we don't have love for our fellow man, then how can we have hope? How can we have faith? You know that it's impossible to please God without faith? Well, Clyde pleased God. I can promise you that. You know, Clyde was, he had a sense of humor. No matter what, one time we were... We were in a boat, and, and he slipped getting out of the boat, and my wife was kind of freaking out a little bit, and John, John, jump over, and I jumped over and trying to help him. He was up in the age. I don't remember exactly how old, and, and we both were kind of clinging onto the side of the boat, and, and finally, we, we both put our feet all the way down, and we could stand up, <laughs> and we just laughed and laughed and laughed. He always had a good humor, a good joke. I mean, he was just had such good wit all the way to the end. And he was making jokes and making us laugh, you know, uh, within 12 hours of when he passed away. And I know he was in pain, but but he wanted us to be happy. You know, I spoke to Clyde at the end about what what he might face. None of us can really imagine this. It's going to be glory beyond our imagination. But I told him about a book I'd read, Imagine Heaven, which is written by a pastor out of Austin named John Burke. We talked also about 90 Minutes in Heaven by Pastor Don Piper, which is both a book and a movie, and he's come to speak at our church, at New Covenant Church. And the thing that people talk about in these near-death experiences, and, you know, none of us know which ones are accurate or which ones are not. The only one I know for sure that's absolutely accurate is Paul when he was taken up to the third heaven, as he describes. And he says, you know, that he saw unspeakable things, things that men aren't even allowed to talk about, things that are, I think, joyous beyond our belief and our imagination. But Clyde and I talked about this, and, and the three things that are common 
and the most believable stories, like Pastor Piper's and like the ones that were chronicled by Pastor Burke in Austin, are that people see the proverbial light. They feel a love beyond anything they've ever, that's agape love beyond anything we've ever experienced here on earth. And they don't want to come back. No matter how much they love their loved ones, they just they say, well, I'll wait for them in heaven. They don't want to come back, and they're somewhat disappointed when, when, they, when they come back because it is going to be a place where we have eternal bodies. Clyde won't be bothered by the physical ailments that his 86-year-old body felt at the, at the end. We'll have these eternal bodies, and, and, and we won't, there won't be any more tears. There won't be any more sadness. There won't be any more bickering and disputes. You know, the enemy's coming at us from all sides right now. But, you know, Clyde persevered. He didn't let let any of that bother him. He had hope because he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that he had accepted and surrendered his life to Jesus Christ, and he had that hope and that assurance and that promise and that guarantee of spending eternity with God. And so I beg you, if you're out there and, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I don't know how you're going to navigate all these difficulties, losing loved ones, worrying about dying yourself. Again, Paul, the Apostle Paul said to die is to gain, but I remain here with you to help you understand who Jesus is and to help you along your walk with the Lord. But to die is to gain, to go to heaven. So when you've got that assurance, no matter what happens to you, all the trials and tribulations, no matter what happens to you, you know God's got you in the palm of your hand, his hand. Clyde had faith. He had great faith. He had faith in all his children, unconditional love, faith no matter what happened, no matter what they did, he was always there for them. He had faith in me when I went through my difficulties. You know, that was so important to me because a different father-in-law could have rejected me, counseled his daughter to leave me, uh, criticized me, not been welcoming to me, but it was just the opposite. He prayed for me. He he supported me. He he spoke well to about me to 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 my loving wife who was reciprocating and speaking well back. They lifted me up in a way that I can't even explain to you how much that impacted me. And when I saw what he went through, I'm reminded of the story of the centurion which we find in Matthew chapter 8 and in Luke chapter 7. You remember the parable that Jesus told about the – no, it's not a parable. It's an actual event that happened in the Bible. When the, when the centurion came to him and he said, my servant is at home sick, and can you can you come and heal him? And uh, Jesus said, yeah, I'll, I'll come and I'll heal him. And the centurion said, that's okay. I've got people under me, and I know if I say something, it's done. And I know if you say that he's healed, he will be healed. And and Jesus said, I've never seen greater faith in all of Israel. And sure enough, when they went back to see the servant, he was healed. Jesus said that to people throughout the Bible, the blind man, the woman who had an issue with blood. He said, your faith has made you well. Well, Clyde had that faith. And I tell people all the time, you know, that in recovery from addiction and alcohol and drug abuse, that, that uh, 28 days is not enough. And, and, you know, faith-based programs like the Open Door Mission that I'm so involved with where it's five to nine months, that that's really what people need. But that's not always true. 
Clyde was a miracle. He decided one day, the doctor told him about what alcohol was doing to his body, and he decided one day he was going to quit. And he quit at 70 years old, cold turkey. God delivered him from alcohol that day. That was a miracle because I watched my mama die of liver. It's run throughout my family. And, and I know what I needed, and I know what the people I counsel and work with need. And, and it doesn't happen in a day in which last God moves. His faith made him well. His faith healed him. And it was truly a miracle and truly an inspiration. So he had faith. But the greatest thing he had was his love. A deep abiding love. Always a good word. His love inspired me. He was always protective. I, I tell you, Tina and Rebecca gave back that love in those last couple of months, but it's something that I, I, I pray that they cherish and they hold on to because that was just a, a loving bond. I mean, these ladies, I, I can't explain to you how much sacrifice they did, but they recognized how much their daddy loved them, and and they were there around the clock sleeping on a recliner in his, his apartment and, and taking care of him and, and being there with him. And, you know, Jesus said, he was asked, what are the greatest commandments? And Jesus said, there are two. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, Clyde, Clyde exhibited that love. And I saw it reciprocated. I saw how it inspired love from from Tina and Rebecca. I know it inspired love for me. He was he was a wonderful, loving, humble man. And he's hearing, Well done, my good and faithful servant. I hope this is touching somebody to change their lives. Is his life changed when he truly surrendered to Jesus Christ? And how meaningful his life was and how inspiring he was. In John chapter 4, we have the story of the woman, the Samaritan woman by the well. And Jesus says, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will be given them will spring of water gushing up to eternal life. Clyde drank that water. He inspired others to drink that water. You know, we're called to preach the gospel to all creation. We're called to be witnesses to Jesus and what he's meant in our lives. And we're called to make disciples of all nations. Well, we do that not so much in what we say, although that's important. But people look not only at what we say, but what we do. And Clyde lived that life. He lived it. And as a consequence... On Monday early morning, Jesus said to the words we read in Matthew chapter twenty five, twenty three, Well done, my good and faithful servant. If you've lost someone out there and you're recovering from it, because it's only natural in our flesh. We can't help it. We we miss. We we love so that we and we love the time that we have with our loved ones and it's difficult to, to lose that. I know Tina and Rebecca and all the children, everyone that loved Clyde, including myself, we're going to miss that time with him. But we have to know what Jesus said in John 14, 1 through 4. Let your hearts not be troubled. Believe in God. 
Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. There where I am, where you may be also. It's where Clyde is today with his Savior Jesus. He saw Jesus' face. What a wonderful thing. And that is what we must rejoice in. So if you've lost someone, please be comforted by that. Please be comforted by the knowledge that they're in the loving arms of their Lord and Savior. They're not in pain anymore. They're not having problems. They're not. There's no strife. There's no rebellion. There's joy and there's harmony and there's peace and there's love beyond anything that we've ever experienced or that we can even understand. And if you don't have that relationship, I pray that you pray a prayer. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I know that you died on the cross for my sins. I make you my Lord and Savior. I repent and I make you my Lord and Savior. You know, this is Pastor John Allworth. We love you here at Recovery Radio, but more importantly, God loves you more than you could possibly imagine. Good night and amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.